0: Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard Is this the week we find out what's in Rangers dossier of evidence Aberdeen chairman Dave Cormack accepts The premiership season looks finished And if and when the league does restart St Johnson will have a new man in charge After Tommy Wright's departure I'm Gordon Duncan Joining me in the studio is Alex Ray And from the man cave yet again It's Hugh Evans.
1: Well, the big reveal from Rangers will come tomorrow, I'm told, Gordon, and that will give the SPFL's member clubs time to assess whether we call in the lawyers or call time on the season. Holyrood Sports Minister Joe Fitzpatrick will also take centre stage tomorrow, updating Scottish football on when, how or if we get the game up and running once again. The present is uncertain. The future is a mystery. We're all getting more enjoyment, wallowing in the past at the moment. we took it all for granted then, Alec, but not anymore.
2: Yeah, Tommy, Wright's to party to you, as Gordon says there. Uh, I think when you look back at the tail end of the week as well, positive meeting by all the top clubs, Gordon, uh, to discuss how to navigate through these difficult times. Uh, next couple of days, there will be another meeting with that uh, in mind. Uh, Good news coming out of iBrooks regarding the merchandise Uh, Mike Ashley no longer there Uh, And also the dossier I think that's a big one over the coming days
0: Yeah if we're completely honest with ourselves Hugh And we would always encourage that The story regarding the SPFL The vote, the EGM The independent investigation The dossier of evidence All of these phrases that have started to roll off the tongue That's not really moved on In the last couple of days There is a danger That that we begin If we've not already um, To go round in circles Um, Clearly still a very big issue It will be sorted out We might even start Making progress on that This week Um, But until such times As as Rangers show their hand I feel like it's becoming A little bit stagnant
1: Well uh, Of a practical nature Rangers have to show their hand Because 41 other clubs Have to be given time To assess Uh, whether they feel there is a need to vote and to give uh, Rangers a mandate to call in lawyers to investigate Neil Doncaster uh, and Rod McKenzie, the SPFL's lawyer. So, as ever, while we wait with bated breath to find out if this season can continue, and I think it's an impossibility, uh, we should clear up this other matter because it's a very, very serious matter to accuse our chief executive and the in-house lawyer of an organisation like the SPFL of wrongdoing.
0: Yeah, Alex, they are in some ways two separate issues and I can completely see why um, they overlap, but until we actually find out what's going on with, with Rangers' dossier of evidence and with you know any potential independent investigation, it, it remains to be seen if that actually has any impact on... On how and when we finish the season It might well be that those are Those are yeah, two separate things a doubt.
2: Um
0: And that's why you do see some people Describing it as You know As a distraction That's not to say that, that That it shouldn't be explored But how relevant is it To the way that we Go through and try and finish the season Or not We don't really know At the moment
2: uh, I think we had someone I think it was the Falkirk Chairman a couple of weeks ago Gordon and It's about categorising these So The dossier will take care of what went on a couple of weeks ago. You still have to separately look at navigating through these difficult circumstances in terms of listening to the health minister tomorrow, whether it's practical, because it's okay, I was saying, and putting dates, I think it's June the 10th, that we says possibly back up and running with a timescale of 46 weeks to try and get players. They were the dates that were set. However, I think tomorrow, uh, I think more and more evidence. I heard John McLean, the... SFA guys speak at the weekend In terms of the practicalities Of a closed door game It seems extremely difficult To actually overcome These obstacles mm. Because of the back room The testing The players The whole shoot match uh, For me uh, It looks very unlikely
0: 0141 I think we can all admit We're Close to going round in circles if we've not started that uh, already So if that sort of stuff is still on your mind If it's still about voting and EGMs and independent investigations I'm sure there will be time between now and 8 o'clock uh, to get to that But let, let's do something a bit different shall we Because we're robbed of the product I say it every Monday I've absolutely lost count of how many weekends uh, this has been We usually stand here and Just say over eight. Hugh and Alex give us your result of the weekend Your goal of the weekend Your howler of the weekend How long Uh, For a return to those days So Hugh, I thought we could take a bit of a trip down memory lane If you don't mind
1: Well, we meet a better class of person down there It might be (laughs) Well,
0: you're going to feature heavily in this A lot of people actually tweeted me over the weekend, Hugh And it sort of jogged my memory Or or it gave me a bit of inspiration As to maybe some of the things we could discuss um, On tonight's show now I'm not sure if you're aware, Hugh But yesterday was the anniversary of this
3: Wide pass for Paul McStade, to take it down to the byline. He crosses in, that's a good one. Oh, Jim Stewart very nearly drops it, fumbles it, catches it at the second attempt. It ends, Dundee, the crowd jump up and down. Well, it's gone, Jim Craig. Dundee have scored. Yes, Dundee. Dundee, have Dundee scored. Have scored. And Celtic can't believe it, but yes, the news swims around the ground. Dundee have scored. Jim Craig.
4: Yes Richard, a corner from the far side by Robert Connor in swingy corner was not cleared by the Hats defence and I think eventually it was Albert Kidd who seemed to hook it into the roof of the net although Henry Smith touched it on his way through so we have now only 7 minutes left
1: for play here is Dundee 1, Hearts nil. Right
0: Hugh Keevans, for the younger listeners, tell us the story
1: Well, uh, Richard Park, the commentator there at Love Street, sitting beside Richard was the legendary, the now sadly departed, Jimmy Sanderson, the man who more or less made Super Scoreboard, uh, the man whose originality benefited all of those who came after him. And sitting next to Jimmy uh, was me, uh, 34 years ago. Uh, I'd been on Radio Clyde for one year by that time. I've never felt so claustrophobic in my life. We, in the main stand at Love Street, had the the Celtic support in front of us. Uh, and behind is only a wall. And the commentary position was like a, a goldfish bowl, just a big uh, perspex sheet in front of us, separating us from the crowd. And when that moment happened, and Jim Craig brought it from Dens Park, and then, of course, Albert Kidd scored again. Celtic, with seven minutes to go at Love Street, were going to finish runners-up. Seven minutes later, David Hayes-Celtic were the champions. There was Bedlam, Bedlam of a sort that I've never known. And I really did begin to feel quite claustrophobic. I looked at Jimmy. Jimmy was impeccable. He was the most impeccable man I had ever met. He was out of a tailor's shop. He was looking and feeling a little nervous as well. And then I thought, where did Richard Park go? And the next thing I heard was Richard Park inside the Celtic dressing room. He got there before the Celtic players did. And I've never understood how he managed it. But it was a chaotic, unbelievable, incredibly exciting day.
0: Incredible late drama in the season. So I'm sure you're all familiar with the story. 86 Celtic... Become champions It's the final day Hearts are leading Celtic By two points All they need's a draw Against Dundee To see them win the title But they lose 2-0 at Dents Thanks to those two late goals uh, By Albert Kidd Now This is where you can All get involved in this Regardless of what team you support Because clearly Celtic fans Will look back fondly On that one And Hearts fans won't um, So first of all, give us your memories of of that day If you were around, where were you? Were you at the game? Can you remember it? Can you remember the news filtering through? And if it's not that one What about all the other final day dramas That we've had I mean, you're thinking, obviously, Alex Ray's in the studio. You've got the 2004-05 season, Helicopter Sunday. Uh, We've got the Dunfermline lie down to Rangers. We've had Rangers winning it in the last day down at Kilmarnock most recently, 2010-11. We've had so many final day dramas... And we want to take a trip down memory lane with you. So what is your favourite final day drama? It can be at the top, middle or bottom of the table. Maybe your team stayed up on the last day in dramatic fashion. Maybe they clinched a European place. Whatever it was, this is your chance to share your memories. We love these trips down memory lane and we want to do it with you. So your favourite final day drama. Uh, Alex, it was clearly one that would please the, the Celtic fans, that clip that we just played. But... Even aside from that, if you can push it to one side, which we don't do very well in this city, just that sound, just that nostalgic sound of old football, it just makes you really miss the the business end of the season, which is what we should be getting at the moment.
2: Yeah, without doubt, it's uh, it's interesting listening to Hugh talk about Jimmy Sanderson. He uh, he was an amazing character. He was what someone I listened to all the time. Gone. He was quite happy at a baseball, but he's famously we at the game caller, you know. And he was if he weren't at the game, he didn't have an opinion. So. It was great And uh, I think these drama and all that, When you mentioned that Particular game I was devastated For obvious reasons We had a house party With uh, a parliament called, uh, Gary Hughes And all my mates Phil McQuillan Davey Farr All the Celtic fans They
0: were in great mood And I, <laughs> I was devastated <laughs> So hearing that again It just, just takes you right back To 1986 Like I say We've had so many Final day dramas Here in Scotland um, We're a bit Jealous of, of times gone by Because we won't have anything at the moment And of course it's great If your team runs away with the league And wins it by 20 points And it's all wrapped up by Easter Good on you Great Great achievement However We love the final day drama And it doesn't need to be at the top Like I say It could be relegation It could be clinching a European place Something we've not even thought of Give us your Favourite final day dramas And why Give us the detail Who are you with Friends Family Can you remember where you were Everything that goes around these events Let's hear it Kicking off with Brian in Sterling. Hi Brian
5: Hello, good evening chaps Good evening everybody How's it going, I'm you well? I'm missing the football i missing the football the same as you guys But it's great You know I listen in every I'm a regular caller I listen in every time And tonight's wee subject Oh, wow I mean, I've got two absolute belters But I'm going to relax Relax on the two of them We'll just this, The 4 seventy nine game was just absolutely like something Royal Roy the Rovers when Celtic won in um, the last game but for me the 1986 game because of the way the day worked I mean we have in Stirling um, we have a, a lot of different um, Celtic supporters Ranger supporters but we've got quite a little enclave called St Minions, which we are Paul McStay St Minions, Celtic supporters called. but there's a little enclave of Hearts supporters I mean like when the bus was leaving it was um, you know they were they were all the mums and dads were all putting up the bunting and, you know, the maroon and white bunting. And you couldn't have denied them. Hearts played great that season. You couldn't have denied them to have the wee party and fair play, you know what I mean? We were going along You have a, a hope rather than, it was a hope not a prayer. So anyway, that day, it was just absolutely one of the best football matches I'd seen Celtic play. Like, the devil may not care, you know what I mean, football. It was just, there was flicks, there was touches, there was running down the line, there was great calls. Paul McStay scored one of the best goals I've seen all season. So anyway, I'll take you back to the very first goal from Dundee. So I'm standing there with my best pal who I still go to the football with, hey, Tommy, and uh, I'm like, you know, and he's frantically trying to tune into this little, you remember it used to get the be plastic radio things, and he's tuning in and he's getting a wee wee, wee and of course the, the, probably you you were here you were at the you were at the the uh, Murdon ground but somebody through Dundee was up there and he's done Donnie and and it, you know all you could hear was and Cat has scored and of course Tommy then takes a total whitey and smashes this wee um, radio on the floor on, on the, uh, the terrace and I'm going what what he went Oh, our kids just scored that, set it. it's over. And then there was a rumble, and I'm, I'm sure you, you you were there, so you will understand the rumble for one end of the ground that just it came right around as though as the bedlam had begun. And I'm going, yeah. you know, and everybody's running about, and they're all jumping about and going crazy and crazy. And I'm looking for Tommy, saying, "No, no, no! Dundee scored! Dundee scored! That he's busy trying to put this radio back together. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, well, you know. Jim Stewart was the uh, St Mirren goalkeeper and and Jim had played uh, with great distinction for Rangers uh, and he gathered the ball in his arms and at that moment, uh, Brian and his pal Tommy and everybody jumped several feet into the air uh, because it wasn't Walter Kidd, it was uh, Albert Kidd who played for Dundee and who was, uh, believe it or not, a Celtic fan Uh, and he scored it, and the look in Jim Stewart's face because he was looking around him at Love Street thinking, what? I've just gathered the ball. I've got the ball. What the old. All... But he didn't realise that Dundee had scored. Uh, as I say, Bedlam that whole day. We were trying to get back into the city centre, Richard and Jimmy and myself, and uh, there was a log jam on the M8, and fans were getting out of their cars to have a wee dance with each other on the M8. <laughs> uh, the following day, Davey Hay called the press conference the most foolish move of his managerial career. Uh called a press conference for 10 o'clock. Now, Davy was always immaculate. He was another one. Never a hair out of place. Uh, and he came in and Davy and I have been friends for decades and he, he won't mind me saying it. He came in, he looked like Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> he, must have been, he must have been one heck of a party the night before, Alec.
0: <laughs> Alec, that, that, the, the great thing about these final day dramas, um, and again, i repeat it just in case you're just joining us, it's not all about this particular one in 86 We're looking for all your memories So for all the teams out there Give us your final day dramas This was just the, the launch pad for us really Since it was the anniversary yesterday Great if you need to go and do something on the last day And look after your, your own business, your own business. Uh, But when you need something else to happen elsewhere and, and that goes your way that I mean it's That's the ultimate drama isn't it
2: Yeah without doubt And uh, you know I think uh, you go back to Helicopter Sunday And uh, I think the only person in the whole of uh, Scotland Particularly for my Rangers persuasion Was Big Marvin You know keep believing Five points Behind before four games to go And uh, But I, I know what the guys Are talking about there You know Brian's come on And spoke about When you hear that uh, That roar uh, That was similar to Behind the goal At Easter Road Because The game's going on Gordon And you're not expecting anything And all of a sudden There's this Outroar And you're thinking Barry Ferguson's jumping on your back Shouting We've won the league And you think to yourself This is bizarre Because Like you said We were ahead in the game And the game is doing nothing All of a sudden, you hear this row so they're remarkable, uh, unbelievable, you know. When you and I think, I think, when you listen to Brian there, it just takes you straight back to that particular moment you're sharing with your mate, you know, the the uh, euthoric feeling.
0: Don't get me wrong, I'm sure we'll get back to that one, Alex. You will have your chance to give us those memories. Let's stick with the the 86 one because from the other side, I noticed Maroon Jambo was on Twitter, he says he was turning off straight away (laughs) as soon as he heard the discussion. But Ross is a hearts fan in East Kilbride, Ross. what are we talking here? Worst day of your life Or not quite that serious?
6: Absolutely Worst day of my <laughs> life I mean What can you say? I mean I remember um, I was at the game I was in the main stand For for some reason My dad got tickets For the, the main stand And instead of the, the Terrace And we would usually go And uh, You know I think I think there was one game before it when we played Aberdeen live on a, on on STV. I think it was on a Sunday, and we, um, we drew one each of them that day. And I think that sort of gave Celtic a chance to win the league uh, to to win the league that season, obviously. Um, and that sort of um, didn't put a downer on on the last day of the season, really, to be honest. But going up to Dundee, everyone was quite confident. We should have had a penalty. There's no doubt about it. If you watch the T V evidence, you see it was quite clearly a fell in the box from Sandy Clark. And it was Bill Crombie who was allegedly a Hearts fan um from Edinburgh who never gave the penalty. So it swings and roundabouts. It happens it doesn't happen very often to, to lesser teams like like Hearts. Um it doesn't come around very often and it changed me that day. I hate Celtic. I'm sorry, I, I will say I hate them because of that reason. That's the reason I hate them for no other reason. See that I can laugh
0: at that. Cause that, that, seems, that, that seems quite, that seems quite that's that's an innocent reason. That's an innocent, a purely football-related reason. We can we can sympathise with that. Hugh Ross says it was the worst day of his life. He can remember referee playing a part as well. That's what football does to you.
1: You know, at that time uh, in '86, I was working for the Edinburgh-based newspaper, The Scotsman. And uh, uh, Wallace Mercer was the owner of Hearts. And in my 50 years of doing this Lark, Wallace was the greatest showman I have ever come across. Sadly, no longer with us. The Hearts manager was Alec MacDonald. And I had a great relationship with Alec. And in particular, I had a great relationship with Sandy Jarden who was his assistant. And Sandy was still playing. He played at Den's Park that day. And the following day... At the Scottish Football Writers' Association annual awards dinner, Sandy was the player of the year. Can you imagine? Player of the year, 39 years old, and 24 hours earlier, his team have lost the league. With seven minutes to go, they're the league champions. Seven minutes later, they're the runners-up. Sandy Jardine that night made the most beautiful speech, the most magnanimous speech uh, in which he did not forget his manners. He congratulated Celtic on being the champions. Now, there was a time in my life when uh, I used to ghostwrite a column uh, on a weekly basis for Sandy in a newspaper. I could not have written a better speech than the one he delivered that night. It was an astonishing piece of work on his behalf because his heart must have been breaking, no pun intended, his heart must have been breaking Every bit as much as Ross's heart was breaking that weekend But Sandy, again sadly no longer with us Delivered a a terrific speech that night
0: Here we go, thank you very much to Ross in East Kilbride Worst day of his life And he's brave enough to come on radio And share it with you all That's what we're looking for Your favourite final day drama It could be a title win It could be escaping relegation at the bottom It might even be something in between To fans of all clubs Give us your favourite final day drama We'll hear from you next
1: Super Scoreboard With Thompson's personal
6: injury solicitors Experienced players who know how to win Talk to Thompson's.com.
0: Hugh Evans is in his man cave Alex Ray is with us in the studio And we're asking you for your favourite final day dramas There's not um, a great deal going on today With regards the SPFL, EGM, Independent Investigation All the rest of it I'm sure we will talk about it Because we're here until 8 o'clock No problem with that at all So if that's what's on your mind Get those calls in but in the meantime let's have a bit of fun Because we're missing the football drastically And uh, lots of you tweeted over the weekend to Saying show Hugh Keevans this It was commentary of the 1986 Albert Kidd Day uh, And it just got me thinking What are your favourite final day dramas We can go top, middle or bottom of the table In fact the more obscure the better Because uh, it'll, it'll maybe jog some memories That we had forgotten about There are loads coming in on Twitter uh, William is on the line I think he wants to discuss Uh, Dumfernland in 2003 So we won't steal his uh, His thunder too much But that's been a popular one On Twitter Let me tell you that Scott Kirtland's been in touch With one Alex Now I did say it didn't have to be At the top Yes And the reason I'm going to Bring this one up Is because you and I Were there together You know what's coming don't you Now Scott's obviously A mother fan, (laughs) And he sent a picture Of Craig Reed Bundling the ball Into the Petaudry net In the I don't know what 92nd Third minute After what was Possibly a foul on the goalkeeper um, To t- to give Mullerwell second place Ahead of Aberdeen European qualification You and I were there working For this yes. very show that day And it just shows you What football does to you I had my own feelings of it You're clearly not yep. A Motherwell or a Rangers man And brilliant. even you were going bananas It was brilliant
2: And uh, I think it was in the manner as well The last kick of the ball If if I'm being honest I was convinced that it was a foul <laughs> A wee bit of salt but the reaction for the Motherwell fans over on the far side as well, Gordon. And you, you listen. You, this is the thing. See, because I, I have no affiliation to Motherwell, but I can appreciate the achievement to get into second place. I think Stuart McCall was the manager, yep. wasn't he? Mm-hmm. And me and you were jumping about, going <laughs> celebrating. <laughs> so it was brilliant. I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think that's what football does for you, whether you support that team or not.
0: Williams, a Rangers fan. Final day drama, William. There have actually been a few involving your team. What one? What one have you got for us tonight?
2: Yeah, Gordon,
7: uh, it's got to be the the of Don at Ibrooks the sixth one. On that day when Celtic were playing Comamore, it was just what a day that was. Before I go on, Gordon, right? Your wee man that let me on said, oh, was that a tongue-in-cheek comment? You you started to the lying down, dung lad. Because I can assure you, it was 15, lad, that day, God.
0: It was definitely tongue-in-cheek. I, listen, there are certain cans of worms that I, I don't even need to open, William. That's been open for a long time. It, it was just to jog people's memory for the for the, 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 the game in question.
7: Aye, God, because we've enough of the Chris Sutton comments about that, you know well, what that's, I mean? that's why I said it. <laughs> but aye, aye what, what a day that was. 'Cause in the second half of that that game Celtic Celtic were, were in the lead. They were they were I think they were beating Camaro three and and we we needed to get a goal and uh, I think it was a uh a, a Deborah header, then Thompson, then that a penalty. What a day that was. I was there that day, I was in the club deck that
0: day. What a day that was Unbelievable Yeah Hugh Keevens, You'll remember that one Like And just For the avoidance of doubt I was referencing Chris Sutton's comments It wasn't my own opinion um, But Not not only the manner of it You know the, The sort of The drama that then Follows because of that
1: yeah, uh, I mean, Sutton was bang out of order, let's be honest. Uh, and uh, maybe that was uh, him preparing for his days in the uh, uh, punditry uh, when he said what he said, but he was out of order and uh, you can't come out with a statement like that unless you can categorically prove it. Uh, Celtic, it was amazing that the season they had, uh, the football they played, that the players they had, they were outstanding, but at the final hurdle, it wasn't there for them. Uh, they did their best at uh, Rugby Park that day, but uh, it wasn't enough. And the, the, you know, the, the Chris could have been more magnanimous. Let's say.
0: Alex. I mean, again, the final day yeah. dramas—the closer, the better. Obviously, if, we, if we're talking about from our perspective, the memorable ones, the dramatic ones. So that season sees Rangers and Celtic both on ninety-seven points. Yep. Rangers with a goal difference of plus 73 And Celtic with a goal difference of plus 72 You know having Rangers obviously won 6-1 in the final day And Celtic won 4-0 I, I mean that's just incredible
2: I think that's what makes them uh, memorable Gordon you, you go back to the 85-86 It was goal difference as well You go back to this this particular one And you rightly said Celtic won 4-0 6-1 Rangers And Again I I know exactly where I was that day We were preparing for a game The following day With Wolves My room partner was Mo Kamara I remember walking about With my boxer shorts And a t-shirt And I'm pacing up and down The phone to my dad Back and forth Back and forth And for the last 15 minutes I said to my dad Put the phone to the radio I can't keep phoning back and forth
0: I want to listen to Hugh Keevens. I was just (laughs) uh,
2: just dying to listen to the commentary Because it was pulsating It was going back and forth I think Celtic missed a penalty Rangers scored a penalty And you're saying And I remember Kamara saying to me He says Alex You're crazy Crazy Right And then when he came And played for Celtic I remembered. He date, understood uh, he, Of course he understood He knew what it was all about So But uh, uh, another memorable one Which uh, stood out And William What level of
0: Knowledge did you have About what's happening elsewhere then You know Colmarmock are you, are you constantly updated Does it, Did you have a radio Is it just someone nearby you Yeah
7: The guy who was sitting next to me Was for Paisley right And he'd just be radio And he was keeping me updated He just, the twoies we were looking through it all day. It was it was unbelievable. We were up, we were down, we were up, we were down, and then Celtic. I think Celtic, as Alex said, missed a missed a penalty, and then we then we got a penalty. Oh, it was, what it was unbelievable! Another another see, seen Ivox Ibrox what uh, bouncing like that to, uh, to the final so What what a day that was! You helicopter keep... Sunday takes a lot of beating right enough off, but because I was there that day, I, I didn't I didn't get Chester Road in the Helicopter Sunday, but. I was at at
0: the game that day. What a day. Hugh Keevens, which one of those matches were you at? Were you at either of them?
1: Uh, I was at uh, Rugby Park. Uh, It was Alan Thompson who missed the penalty for Celtic. Uh, As I say, Alan Thompson uh, had an outstanding season uh, for Celtic. But on the day, it's amazing how often it happens these final day dramas. You know, at the moment, we've got ourselves into a terrible fankle over. Uh, what's to happen with the, the remainder of this season and all the, the other stuff that's going on. And we do get ourselves into a terrible fankle, and we show ourselves up at times. But down through the years, we have written some dramatic chapters in this game. And by we, I mean Celtic and Rangers and the, the Motherwell game that you were speaking about, Gordon, and Sir Alex, I'll never forget Sir Alex, bounding across the pitch at Easter Road when Aberdeen uh, won the league title by winning 5-0 against him. Anniversary of uh, that
0: one yesterday as well, I think 40 years yeah. uh, So Celtic, uh, did, they draw, did Celtic draw in Paisley that day And Aberdeen win 5-0 at Easter Road Aberdeen won the title
1: Yeah, I, I think what really won Aberdeen the title, Gordon Was they, they went to Celtic Park twice in the space of Less than three weeks And they beat Celtic twice at Celtic Park And, and that really set the cat amongst the pigeons But as I say that began the modern-day Aberdeen, the, the Aberdeen of uh, furious Fergie who went on to win two European trophies and you know created a, a legacy at Pataudry that will never, ever be better. But as I say, at times we get ourselves into an embarrassing fankel, but all of our clubs in the top, Flight and this week we've lost uh, Tommy Wright as the St. Johnston manager. He'll go down in history as the, the best St. Johnston manager ever for one simple reason he won a major trophy, and no one else had been able to mm. do that for St. Johnston. So we get ourselves into a fangle, but we write some terrific stories.
0: William and Stevenson, thanks a lot for your memories. You can hear that how clearly William still remembers that. Absolutely loves the memory of it. 01419511025, your favourite final day dramas. I'll tell you what we're lacking so far. What about times when your team stayed up on the final day? We've had title deciders, we've even had Motherwell clinching second. What about those days when you stayed up? On the last day I'd be keen to hear some of those as well 01419511025 It was a matter of time Before we got round to Helicopter Sunday That's another one of of our chapters that we've written And I must admit I expected the first call on it To be a Rangers fan But Vincent is a Celtic fan And uh, that's the one that sticks out for him Vincent, tell us all about it
8: Hi there guys, I hope you and your family are good
0: Thank you Vincent, same to you Yeah,
8: I was just remembering that day Very vividly as you he, he might be been aware of being a Celtic fan but it was, I used to say to my daughter I said, just remember sometimes you need to appreciate getting beat so you can enjoy the times when you win and uh, obviously that day we lost 2-0 and the uh, Rangers picked up the title so as I was progressing into the kitchen I, I I kicked something that I shouldn't have kicked and my daughter came out and said what did I tell you dad? You kept telling me for years you need to appreciate getting beat to appreciate what and she wanted a party that night, so Julie, we did.
1: There's
0: nothing so worse than when the so kids that. kids throw your advice back in your face, Hugh, because it's 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 well, easy it's easy to come out with these things, Vincent, until it costs you the title on the last day of the season.
8: Well, it's it's phenomenal. She was an eight year old, <laughs> and uh, she gave me that back, and I just had to start laughing. So we had a it of a night, and we celebrated and then clapped
0: to the Rangers because that's what she wanted. Well, oh, there we go, Hugh. To sort of worked out well, okay in the end. I,
1: yeah, again, as I say, it's astonishing that the, the individual stories that come to the fore uh, when you speak of the Celtic uh, day at Love Street. Albert Kidd scores the two goals for Dundee and it turns out that Albert is a died in the wool Celtic fan. Uh, when, on helicopter Sunday, Scott McDonald scored twice for Motherwell to effectively win the league for Rangers, it then emerged that Scott was a dyed-in-the-wool Celtic fan uh, who had been... Brought over here from Australia uh, to go on the, the, the stadium tour at Celtic Park and so on and so forth. And the following season, having denied Celtic the title, went on to sign for Celtic and to play exceptionally well for Celtic. Uh, so within the drama, there are little individual stories as well.
0: Yeah, we've already get, uh, given you the, the commentary from Albert Kidd Day, if you like, so let's remind ourselves of this one as well. Rangers have a one goal advantage
9: at Easter Road Craigie's going to play this, it's a long one Up there, Varga, falling, shot, he's fallen!
0: Alex Ray, you're on the pitch at Easter Road at the time yeah. And I know you've spoken about it many times But we're trying to, to cover them all All our favourite final day dramas Where would you even begin to, to sum it up?
2: Oh, listen For me, I've, I've mentioned it many times Gordon It was a pinnacle for me And um, I thought the opportunity had gone by When Celtic beat us at Ibrooks A couple of games earlier And uh, I think it's just the circumstances I think when you get a winner Or it goes your way Late in a game like that You know, you know there's no comeback uh, it's just remarkable you know when you talk about goosebumps within a game, it's very unusual to get it actually on the pitch, but when you actually hear the noise behind it's just it was breathtaking because you think to yourself this it actually feels surreal because the game's going on there's no drama on the pitch, and then you look up behind the goal and people are gone mental so uh, remarkable uh, turnaround
1: Hugh again, which one were you at I was uh, at motherwell. Uh, I'll never forget Martin O'Neill coming into the Motherwell press room. Uh, Martin, at times, could be awkward in in that press room situation. Uh, And I think there was a a bit of shuffling of feet and rustling of papers before anyone uh, could pluck up the courage to ask him a question because what a devastating blow. Again, Celtic were a goal up, first half. Second half, there was a magnificent ball played Forward, I think, for Craig Bellamy, and uh, it was there. it was all there. He just had to put the ball in the net. Two nothing. It would have been all over, and Celtic would have been the champions, but failed to score. And thereafter, for some reason, the, the the body language wasn't right. And the deeper and deeper and deeper you went into the game, you had a notion that something was going to happen. Uh, didn't think it would happen twice, but it did. Two Scott McDonald goals. Quite a day. Vincent, is that one that
0: you, I don't think, did you make it to the game? Were you in front of the TV? Where were where you when it all unfolded?
8: Well, we were down in Norwich, we were living down in Norwich at the time and it was, uh, I had all my children there and it was obviously going to be a party time, but mother uh, Motherwell deserved to win that day Like you said, the body language wasn't correct and, uh, and well done to Rangers for sticking in there to the end
0: Yeah, I mean it was a straight, I was, as a, a youngster, was there in the stand at Fur Park and it was just weird because there were so many Celtic fans in in the home end Because it was, yes. it was part, Supposed to be party time Get a ticket for uh, For the other sections Of the stadium Just Just daft details That stick in your mind You know Why were Mullow Wearing that Away black Shirt with the with the, the the stripe across it Rather than The home strip Just daft things that, that jump out Scott McDonald Probably should have Squared the second one But he decided to Take he it on that. anyway uh, and, and it goes in I take it Alex is that When you're on the field Is it is it just instant Instant feedback From the crowd And you know immediately
2: yeah well the thing is Because it, it's As I said Gordon It's surreal because you're, The game's going on Nothing is happening Within the game And then all of a sudden You see all the fans Gone mental And I actually remember Looking over at my right hand side And Big McLeish Was doing that You know as if Time up You know it's time up As if we've won this And uh, you think thinking to yourself This is just absolutely unbelievable Because I always remember What McLeish said before the game Gordon he always says to his, Make sure you win this If The result goes the other way and you don't win this game You'll never be able to live it down Have
0: you got an abiding memory? Because again It's, it's a well told story In Scottish football And we're bringing it back up As part of A wider discussion tonight But have you got Just sort of one nugget That, that, that sticks out above Everything else Just one abiding memory? Oh, of the game? Just of anything really Of the full experience
2: Eh uh, Well I have to say The the lap of We've been back to Ibrox And I've been with 40 odd thousand punters here. God I'd never experienced that After uh, winning a title like that uh, And it was overwhelming I've often said but that I was walking round I was crying And it was because it, it, it was just a remarkable feeling To actually win the league at, I think I was nearly 35 So For me I think walking round there And appreciating it Towards the tail end of your career Was just It was
0: amazing Helicopter Sunday That's just one of many So we're looking for as many me- memories as possible From you Your favourite final day Dramas I'm still on the lookout For someone who stayed up On the final day we've had a few final day title wins We've had clinching second in Europe What about staying up on the final day Or any of those final day title deciders that we've not mentioned Perfect time to get your call in We're going to get travel with Stephen And you could be up next Super Scoreboard
6: With Thompson's personal injury solicitors Helping you return to action Talk to thompsons.com
0: Alex Ray and Hugh Keevans Here with me Gordon Duncan And tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard We're missing the real thing at the moment So we'll have to settle uh, For a trip down memory lane Just looking for your favourite final day dramas We kicked off uh, on Albert Kidd Day If you like listening to some brilliant old commentary um, On that one We've had Rangers winning it in 2003 We've had Helicopter Sunday Uh, Loads of tweets coming in About different uh, things as well Paul Morrison says Final day games Dundee United Winning the league at Dens With a nice wee chip From Ralph Milne What a day Unfortunately they had The revenge by putting us Into the championship But enough said about that Says Paul on <laughs> Twitter Hugh
1: Well uh, Jim McLean uh, The Dundee United manager That day Jim McLean Started the modern day Dundee United You know that Jim was a, a Complex man He was a genius As a coach Uh this man beat Barcelona often enough to get him to keep when he was manager of Dundee United, for heaven's sake. Uh, the title win was his crowning glory. And it was a sensational effort the whole season long. Um, so I, I remember it very well. And Ralphie, I think Ralphie's gone from us now as well. But He was a sensational player, terrific character. Ended up at Man United mm-hmm. thereafter. Uh, but... Wonderful team The, the team of Golf, Of Bannon Of Sturrock Of Ralphie Milne It, it was just terrific mm. stuff
0: I like this tweet from John the Jag I'm going to have to raise it again on Wednesday night He says 2nd of May 92 Thistle nil, 4 for nil. Not one I'd heard of I must admit Not one I can remember Too young Promotion to the Premier League Jim Duffy Shoulder barge in the last minute in the box Stonewall penalty that would have kept us down And he's attached a picture and says Jim the teetotaler Jim Duffy is Pouring a bottle of champagne over his face, Alex Ray, as you can tell, but and he is—he's—he's he's one of the one of the well-known teetotalers in the game. Um, but he, he's definitely pouring that champagne over his face. Yeah, I
2: think it's just a one-off for Jim. Right,
0: okay. I'll ask him about it. Let's speak to Nick and Airdrie Hi, Nick. How are you doing? Not bad. How are you? All right. Good. I am good. What have you uh, got for us? Uh, well, I'm going back
9: to season ninety-seven, ninety-eight. And uh, uh, a wee man called Bratback scored the goal in a two 0 game against St. Johnson. He won the league. That was and stopped Rangers down 10, ten in a row.
1: That was unbelievable.
0: Hugh Evans, well, I think uh, you've I think you will definitely remember that one well.
1: I'll never forget that day. Um Radio Clyde uh, had uh, guests at the match and I was asked to go over to the, the stand opposite the main stand uh, to have a, a bite to eat uh, before our programme started and to um, you know, explain why I was such a, a lousy predictor of football matches <laughs> and things like that uh, and, uh, and uh, as as I was leaving there was one particular person who worked for Radio Client at that time on the sales staff uh, a lady and the lady was uh committed Celtic fan and uh, I, I went to look for her to say bye bye I need to go the programme's about to start and she was in the, the, the corporate box and she was howling with tears because her nerves had gone completely now this was at half past one the game was still 90 <laughs> minutes away from starting <laughs> uh, and the other thing that stays in my mind that day it was Vim Jansen and Murdo McLeod who were the, the managerial team That's right. And I knew Vim was leaving uh, because I'd had a tip-off and I was told that he had a a clause in his contract that at the end of the season, if he wanted to go, he could go. And I phoned someone high up at Celtic Park and I said, I I will not compromise you. Uh, I understand that Vim Janssen has a clause in his contract which he is about to trigger that whether he wins the league or not, he's off at the end of the season. I don't want you to say yes or no. If that story is true, remain silent. I will count to 10 and I'll hang up the phone. <laughs> it's very complex. Yeah. And I said, there you are. and 10 seconds of silence. And I put the phone back on the cradle. And that was confirmation for me that Vim Jansen was going. So as Celtic were winning the title that day, I knew he was going. And I wrote the story, and to his eternal credit, 24 hours later he came out and said, Yep, yeah, absolutely true. There is a clause, and I am going. But again, that was an astonishing day of nervous tension. Celtic had goal up, and Giorgio Boyle, who played for St Johnston, had an incredible chance to make it 1 all in the second half, and he missed it. And I'm sure at that point, Nick, your, your old jam tart must have been going <laughs> 20 to the dozen. Yeah,
0: Were you there Nick? were you watching it TV, radio Eh Well I was at the game Even better then Aye You didn't spot Hugh Kevins Trying to schmooze Sales staff And go and Hobnob it in the corporate boxes (laughs) Then though
9: (laughs) No No
1: Aye I was there can I tell you that she recovered her composure Because apparently she left the ground with Alan Stubbs' jersey So there you are I'm so
0: glad you said jersey I just thought we were getting ourselves yes, in all yes. sorts of trouble there Anyway, moving swiftly on Thank you to Nick and Airdrie Tommy in Port Glasgow What have you got for us?
9: Hi, hi there um, Just listening to the story about Jim Duffy there The 2nd of May must be one of Jim Duffy's favourite dates in the calendar uh, My memory is uh, Morton versus Peter Ed five years ago On the 2nd of May Right. And Morton were going into the game of, They won League One The last game of the season At home to Peter Ed So it was in Morton's hands And I was fortunate enough to go along with the hospitality because my nephew's 30th birthday He's a big Morton fan, I'm actually a Celtic fan My, my brother was a big Morton fan So we went along, enjoying a good day And Morton went to goal down pretty early on And then Peter Ed got a man sent off And Morton just kind of cruised it after that And ended up winning 3-1 if I remember rightly I think Kevin Duffy was under a good bit of pressure Uh could take Morton up And it was down to the last game of the season uh, So I think it was a great relief for everybody at Morton That they had done it um, And obviously celebrations after the game Down in the hospitality area Crawford I believe, was proudly presenting the, was presenting the trophy uh, We had a good night out after that We ended up in the Green Up Morton supporters <laughs> A nice late night celebrating the players And all the rest of it I think for the Morton fans uh, Personally as well It was a, a really memorable day But Probably a big day for Jim Duffy If, if he probably looks back on it I think He's took Morton up And Morton has stayed up Ever since
0: Yeah I'm pretty sure agree And that's the thing Tommy Obviously You know the, the majority of the memories so far Have been Top flight Winning that top flight title And it is the biggest accolade That's why it gets the The most attention And, and understandably so Um, But the, the joy that comes with Not only winning a title But promotion as well Because you know It changes the course of of your club, doesn't it? You know, you know you're going to be playing against bigger teams, better teams, different league next season. So that adds that adds a whole different dimension.
9: Absolutely. And you know, Morton went, went down to League One eh, under Jim, if I remember rightly, you know, that, that season they went down the season before. The expectations there as well, huge expectation like Uber Morton to go straight back up. Um a lot of memorable, you know, games that season towards the end and had young know, Declan McManus on on loan. From Aberdeen, and he, I think he turned out to be a real pivotal player. He scored on the final day. I remember him scoring down at Cooney uh, South, I think, uh, not long before the final day of the season as well. So, you know, pressure's on as well for a couple of months. Sitting in League One, expected to go straight back up, and financially, as we all know, discussions recently, you know, that makes a huge difference between being in League One and being in the Championship. So it was sorry. a really memorable day, and uh, a bit of a sore head the <laughs> Sunday after it, but it was, it was well worth it. I,
1: I, Gordon, have I got time to name drop before you get to the seven o'clock news I'll go on then. clydebank I lived in the 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 borough of Clydebank for forty years and the the football team uh now in the junior ranks but then they won promotion and Billy Connolly was at the game uh Billy was friendly with uh the the, the owners at the time and uh you know the the final whistle goes and as you know Clydebank's football ground is roughly it's on the flight path into Glasgow Airport so it's not unusual for flights to come over the ground but final whistle the bankies are up and the the the, the flight comes over Cobilly Park and Billy Connolly says to me bit spectacular that eh ordering a fly fly pass for winning the title
0: <laughs> that, as far as name dropping goes that's not bad I'll let you away with that one thank you Tommy and Port Glasgow takes us right up to this
2: Beat the Pundit with the
10: Scottish Sun
6: For the best football news and opinion online thescottishsun.co.uk slash
0: football It is Beat the Pundit time your chance to win a signed ball but only if you come on here step up to the plate and get more questions right than Alex Ray It's that simple 0141 951 1025 and the call needs to be in before 7
1: Super Scoreboard
6: with Thompson's personal injury solicitors your comeback is on talk to thompsons.com
0: Alex Ray and Hugh Evans here with me Gordon Duncan on tonight's Clyde One at Super Scoreboard the phone lines are so so busy with people wanting to share their memories of final day drama so we're just taking a bit of a trip down memory lane in absence of the real football at the moment And the phone lines are going mad So bit of patience uh, Apologies If you're struggling to get through It should be said though It could well be a big week For Scottish football as well Are we going to see details Of this dossier of evidence From Rangers uh, tomorrow How will the clubs react Building up to that uh, EGM On the 12th of May Will it then lead to To an independent investigation It's the same unanswered questions We've had for a long time A lot's been said on it But I'm sure you've still got it on your mind So this is a good time to do it 01419511025 and we'll do that after this. Beat the pundit with the Scottish Sun.
6: For the best football news and opinion online, slash football
0: Right, Beat the Pundit time. Alex Ray's is going to be playing because Hugh Evans is in the house so I don't trust the technology, but Alex is in the studio and he's going to be up against Matthew from Mount Vernon. How are you Matthew? How's it going? I'm good, how are you? Yeah, not bad. Can't complain. Have you ever played Beat the Pundit before? No, this is my first time Oh, I like it, first time Right, okay, here's the deal I'm going to toss the coin No, in fact, that's a lie I'm not tossing the coin Because it's Alex Ray You're stuck with him um, Usually I would toss the coin And see who you were up against But I'd... in fact, Hugh Evans Are you even still with us? Of course I am Yeah, It doesn't sound like it's that much of a delay Should we try it for the first time, producer Dan? Has he done it before? Has he done it once before? Right, let's try it again Let's let's, let's try it Let's toss the coin If it's heads, Hugh Kevins can complain If it's tails, it's Alex Ray and it's Tails anyway, so it's Alex uh, up against Matthew in Mount Vernon. So I'm going to give you some Clyde 2 to listen to Alex. Matthew, he now can't hear you, so he can't copy your homework. 30 seconds gone on the clock, and you can pass. That's all you need to know. You ready? Yeah. Good man, your time starts now. Who did Celtic sign from PSV Eindhoven in 2006? Pass. Who's the only Romanian player in the Rangers squad? Uh, Pass Lawrence Shankland Left which club For Dundee United Air Which country hosted The 1998 World Cup France Who is the head coach Of Queen's Park Pass Which English side Are nicknamed The Magpies Newcastle Okay Uh, Alex can you hear us Yes Great Same set of questions to you 30 seconds on the clock And your time starts now, who did Celtic sign from PSV Eindhoven in 2006? Pass. Who's the only Romanian player in the Rangers squad? Pass. Lawrence Shankland left which club for Dundee United? Uh, Aberdeen. Which country hosted the 98 World Cup? France. Who's the head coach of Queen's Park? Ray McKinnon. Which English side are nicknamed the Magpies? Newcastle. Who was the St Johnston manager before Tommy Wright? Gary McKinnis. Who was St Mirren manager In 2013
2: Oh Gary Teal
0: Okay Okay uh, Matthew what do you think? It's probably BZ Do you think so? I think you're doing yourself A disservice I think it was That's close I think pretty. Alex will be Kicking himself On yeah, some of them Yeah I know First uh, couple Who did Celtic sign From PSV In 2006 It was the The guy that as a parent You dread it If your kid comes home And says they want this name On the back of the shirt Jan Venegar of Hesseling And it yeah. cost you a fortune uh, so none of you got that right Who's the only Romanian player In the Rangers squad? Hadji Yanis oh. Hadji It's not like his dad's A <laughs> famous superstar. Romanian or anything uh, So 0-0 after two <laughs> questions Classic. Good start guys uh, Lauren Shanklin left Which club for Dundee United? Air. It was air Matthew knew it but No, I know. Didn't. I know once I said that So he goes 1-0 up Which country hosted The 98 World Cup? Hugh Keevans You were there You made the most of it Oh yes Yes uh, France France To you and I uh, So 2-1 to Matthew at this stage Who's the head coach of Queen's Park Ray McKinnon Alex equalises. a good game on our hands here Which English side are nicknamed The Magpies Former Sunderland player Was never getting that mm. one wrong But neither did Matthew So it's three all Who was the St Johnston manager Before Tommy Wright It was Steve Lomas Oh Lomas And you need this to win Who was the St Mirren manager in 2013 Danny Lennon So that means Matthew We're up for a tiebreaker Are you ready for that? Yep I read it Here's the way it's going to work So I'll read out the question It's going to be a closest two I'll get Alex to write his answer down And I'll then tell you when it's time for your attempt Okay Okay Right here we go Chris Boyd was the top scorer in the SPL era But how many goals did he score? So Chris Boyd was the top scorer of the SPL era But how many goals did he score? Alex write it down Show me your attempt Okay Uh, Matthew what would you go for? 68 Okay A big difference in the answers here Alex has gone 130 Matthew's gone 68 The answer Is 167 Well done Alex Ray A convincing win on the tiebreaker Hard lines Matthew You are miles away (laughs) Good man It's a lottery Is that what managers say When they lose on penalties? Something like that Thank you to Matthew In Mount Vernon For taking part Your chance to beat the pundit Back tomorrow night At the same time 167 That was a good one there Not Mm -hmm. bad Not a bad battle tonight Hugh Good standard
1: Oh yeah And uh, Well done boy The 167 goals That is some going
0: Yep, top scorer in the SPL era Right, 01419511025 So, so many calls coming through uh, About your favourite final day dramas Whether it's at the top of the league The bottom of the league Whatever it may be So many calls are coming through So we will get back to that, I promise um, But let's have a look at what's happening at the moment In terms of today and then yesterday And over the weekend Not a great deal The story is not going to move on significantly Until Rangers show their hand really But that's where we're at Hugh The, the belief is that tomorrow is dossier day in Scottish football? Uh, Rangers, we believe, will show the other clubs what they believe is is evidence of some sort of wrongdoing on behalf of the SPFL. If you remember, and we've been over this many times, they've called for the you know the suspensions of Neil Doncaster and Rod McKenzie. They outlined seven points that, that they felt needed to be investigated. They weren't happy with the. The breadth of the Deloitte investigation This of course All stemming back To Dundee's Infamous votes I don't need to repeat The details of that I think everyone's Learned them off by heart um, Where we now go Rangers Show the clubs The clubs either Agree that There is something That needs to be investigated 32 out of the 42 Will have to agree And vote for that At the EGM on the 12th And if they do We'll have an independent Investigation And if they don't um, Well Who knows
1: If the clubs look at Rangers' dossier and decide it is unworthy of being put to the vote, fair enough. But if they examine the dossier and think, well, this should go to the vote, but if we vote to have an independent investigation, the the legal costs will be substantial, then they should take that idea out of their minds. If it's worthy of investigation... The investigation must take place. The cost will simply have to be met. If there is something so serious that there has to be a legal investigation on an independent basis, then it must take place regardless of cost. But, as I say, on the other hand, if the smoking gun turns out to be a pea shooter, then they are perfectly entitled to say, look, this is unworthy of of having an independent investigation over. So if one is needed, let it take place regardless of cost. And if it's not needed, then Rangers are left with the egg in their face.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm pretty fascinated to see what's actually in the dossier. You know, Rangers are saying it's damning. Um, when you look at the kind of makeup of the to get the vote Gordon at this general meeting, it's thirty-two clubs out of 42, 75 percent Now when you consider there's seven other clubs On the SPFL board They would have to vote To investigate themselves Also on the back of that You have St Mirren come out last week Saying it's time to move on So whether they change their mind Because they're already made up That they actually want to move on So it really boils down to It's actually in the dossier And as Hugh says Depending on the kind of Magnitude of it all Will reflect on Mm. whether it gets through To the the vote uh, In a week or so Or at once
0: I mean Hugh It's it's rumbling on and on Properly I mean We had Neil Doncaster On the show On Wednesday um, You know Trying our best To to get some of the The answers And a lot of this Has always sort of Centred around Finances The SPFL are adamant That this was the only way The only realistic way That they could release funds To clubs Um, Certain clubs disagree That's reignited again Over the weekend um, so much time spent debating the difference between an advance payment and a loan. I, I, I wonder if if we're in danger of getting a bit too bogged down in the detail, and that that might sound strange to you because ultimately it is a complex situation, and the detail needs to be explored. But if this is all about, you know, have the SPFL perhaps made mistakes? Was the resolution maybe flawed? Would you or would other clubs have done something differently? You can debate the technicalities. All night but, but what it Surely comes down to Bigger picture Is this grounds for the suspension Of Neil Doncaster and, and Rod McKenzie You know if the SPFL Have genuinely done all of this In good faith And for In in their mind The best interest of the game Then That that surely Won't lead to the removal Of, of Neil Doncaster And Rod McKenzie there has, there has to be something else In this surely
1: I thought that Neil Doncaster Explained away The alleged loan uh, a claim made by Ann Budge, the Hearts owner. I thought he explained it away very well and uh, beyond comeback. Uh, you don't invoice for a loan, and Partick Thistle and Motherwell had to invoice for the advanced fees which they received. And you don't pay VAT on a loan, which Partick Thistle and Motherwell had to do on the fees that were advanced to them. So I thought that Neil Doncaster uh, handled that one perfectly well. My only point about this meeting on the 12th, if you believe that Rangers' dossier proves there is something so serious that you've got to call in the legal profession, then you should vote for that, regardless of what it will cost. If, on the other hand, you look at Rangers' dossier and think, this is unworthy of taking that action, then that is what you must do. You must say, no, it's not even worth the vote. Until... We see what Rangers are holding. It is not possible to second guess which way the club should go.
0: Yeah, and that's the that's the point, Alex, because maybe this question I'm about to ask, maybe you can't answer that until you do know what, what the allegation is. However, you know, I, I'll give it a go. I feel like on this show, we've now spent so long debating what the SPFL have done and what they've not done. But, but what no one seems to be able to come up with yet is why they've done it. You know, if, if, and obviously it's a huge if, if it's all been underhand and if it's all as suspicious and as as controversial as some people would have you believe, why? Why? You know, because there there has to be a... Surely there's a subtle difference there. Even if the SPFL have made mistakes, even if they've gone about it in a way that people disagree with, why? Do you know what I mean? Why, why, Why would you be deliberately... Manufacturing this In an underhand way To what end What what, what, what have they been Trying to achieve
2: Well it's, it's difficult to say Whether it's been underhanded Or not Gordon And only when Rangers yeah. Divulge that However I accept that But what I'm saying is In terms of When you look at Some of the club's Precarious positions They may well have been Trying to push something Through in a particular manner That may well mm-hmm. have been Borderline now I, I didn't quite yeah, but that's what I mean though but
0: it, Well it's borderline it, it might be but th- but that's what I mean. Interpretation Why though What's the What's the cynical Explanation for that Because if You know if, if this is all coming down To the fact that we ended the season Does that not now look Not that controversial When you look at other big leagues Around Europe doing the same And again I'm not saying Everything's been handled Properly Or in a way that people Would agree with but, but I just wonder where the where the big drama Or the big controversy apparently lies
2: uh, uh, Gordon, I don't know until they actually see the evidence That's the, the crux of the matter uh, Going back to the point I I, I hadn't heard the explanation that Hugh had said From uh, Neil Doncaster in terms of advanced loans So, when you get your prize money at the end of the season Do you pay VAT on that money anyway? You know, so uh, say the season's finished after 38 games You get a million pound off of uh, the league do you pay VAT on that?
0: I would yeah. imagine that's consistent with yeah. certainly Neil Doncaster's so, explanation. So, so,
2: so what I'm saying is, you if if they were getting the money now as an advance loan,
0: it doesn't no, no, matter. No, 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 not, putting... not an advance loan. They're like, oh, see, we can't we can't we can't go down this road and get this is this is why it's been such a mess. There's a difference between an advance payment and a loan. Let's not conflate. No, sorry. The two.
2: So what I'm saying is, uh, if you give say a particular team an advance. He's saying you have to pay VAT now. now the VAT yeah. would get paid at the end game anyway. So there's, there's no difference. you paying Alec, VAT on the money Alec, regardless, you.
1: regardless you. Alec, the man has explained it uh, unequivocally. It's not a loan. When you have a guy like Neil Doncaster, he's chief executive for a reason. He knows his way around uh, these matters. It is not a loan. It was a payment of fees in advance to Partick Thistle and Motherwell. And he has proved beyond all shadow of a doubt that it was not alone. And Budge got it wrong. Now, Gordon, you asked for the cynical view of all of this. The cynical view for me is that Rangers believe that the SPFL hierarchy uh, are, how can I put it delicately, uh, in favour of Celtic over Rangers. And they have the, Murdoch McLennan, the chairman of the SPFL. Uh, who is uh, a non-executive director of a firm which is partly owned by Dermot Desmond, Celtic's owner. So all of that is in the background. And now it has to come down to this particular matter. The conduct of the vote into the SPFL proposal to end the season for the lower leagues and leave the Premiership for the time being, they... Rangers question the conduct of that vote and they say they have evidence of bullying coercion etc etc let's get it all out in the open let's have the investigation irrespective of cost and let there be no Hmm. doubt about the, the way that Scottish football is run at league level
0: George is in Milton hi George Hi, good evening, guys.
3: Always nice to hear from you guys as well, and thanks for taking my call as always.
0: No problem? What's on your mind? I'm
3: just a bit, con- I'm just a bit concerned, guys. It's been ongoing, it's been ongoing, it's been rumbling on and rumbling on. I know that you just get the, the guys have to take all precautionary measures as possible regarding the outcomes, but I do think, guys, they just put the Scottish football in jeopardy in 2012, And I think they're doing so again today And I think what comes out tomorrow Will be proven fact That uh, they're holding nothing They've got nothing And again they're putting clubs in this country in jeopardy Like they did in 2012 Let's stick
0: stick to this year I think we've got enough on our plate at the moment Without bringing anything else into it, George I
3: do understand guys I'm just trying to put into give you an idea where I'm coming from Where are
0: you coming from then? How is what Rangers are doing at the moment Putting clubs in jeopardy? What do you mean?
3: If they holding back in the revenue, guys, if they holding back in everything and holding back... I heard Aberdeen recently, or, or, you know, applying a, a for administration, like another two or three clubs in the, the Premier League... Uh, this is duty which is actually taking place at the moment guys Well George, f- first of all I don't, I don't George, think we have George the payment
0: getting held back Can you explain how the payment's getting held back George it's worth bearing in mind The lower leagues have now had their money um, And the Premier League clubs are still at the moment As ambitious as it may be Are looking to try and finish the season So I'm, I'm not, this isn't really affecting the, the money side of it Yeah, well,
3: I think the money side of it, the the top clubs, and and they're also looking for their payments at the moment so they can move on and renew season tickets, guys, which at this time in the year, it helps keep clubs moving forward. And if they can't do that because of the uncertainty at the moment, then I believe that what Rangers have brought to the table, they've held this back, Alex. And this is why we can't George. move forward with the renewal of season tickets.
0: George, the, I'm the, not sure the, those issues are as linked as as George is making out. But anyway, George,
2: they're still trying to see if there's a way to play the remaining games
0: in the top flight. Yeah.
2: In the top flight, so they're not going to release the the prize money until they actually make a decision one way or another on that. So there is nobody holding back. No clubs holding that back. Uh, if anything, it's the pandemic. So.
1: It have also be pointed out that uh, season ticket sales are currently underway. Clubs are willing to tell you now how many season tickets they've sold. I believe Hibs are selling them by the thousands. Uh, so the, yeah. what's happening with regard to this matter does not affect a club's ability to sell season tickets to their supporters. Whether the supporters want to take them in a time of uncertainty is another matter. The only reason why this has to be resolved is that a cloud of suspicion hangs over the conduct of a vote, and the cloud of suspicion hangs over two men, Neil Lancaster and Rod McKenzie. For the good of the game, this has to be examined in full, and then we can move on. And if anything has taken place that was out of order, then consequences may follow. Mm. But... This is not damaging uh, Scottish football in a financial sense. This is damaging the reputation. Clubs are affected by one thing and one thing only, and that is the coronavirus, which for me makes the remainder of this season absolutely impossible. Nicholas Sturgeon again today said that the lockdown period will have to be extended. Time to just own up. Football's not possible right now. Uh, for what it's worth. Other... It's... No, carry on this other matter though, we have to get it out in the open, discuss fully, a verdict arrived at and then and only then can we move on away from this cloud of suspicion.
0: Yeah for what it's worth Obviously finances could come into it If you then had to Have an independent investigation And you allege that that's Going to cost a lot of money But George was talking about prize money So a little bit different 01419511025 Still lots of calls coming in On your favourite final day dramas So I'm sure we'll take more of them We'll stick with this And a full time teaser next
9: The full time teaser With scottishsun.co.uk Get all the latest football news And opinion
0: Alex Ray and Hugh Evans are going to have to put their minds together No jokes please uh, And come up with 8 answers to tonight's teaser uh, Graham Barry has sent it in And just a reminder as always If you want to hear your question used in the show The address you need is fulltime At Clyde1.com So Graham says Can you name 8 players Since 1990 That have 10 or more caps As captain For Scotland so since 1998, players have 10 or more caps As captain For Scotland Can you name them Hugh? Willie Miller Not since 1990
2: no uh, Lambert
0: Yes Paul Lambert is in there He's got 17
2: uh, Goff No Alec um, like, like McLeish No Paul Day? No Hugh Keevans what you got?
0: No. No. Uh, Fletcher? Yes, Darren Fletcher. 34 caps as captain between 2004 and 2017. So we'll leave it there because you're only looking for eight tonight. You can play along as well on Twitter at Clyde SSB since 1990. Eight players, 10 or more caps as captain for Scotland. Guys like Paul Lambert and Darren Fletcher. Two down, six to go Let's speak to Alec Who is a Celtic fan on the line Hi Alec Hi lads, how are you all doing? Not bad, how are you? Are you okay?
11: Uh, I'm good mate, just
0: chilling Good uh,
11: Listening to the show but I've been listening to it You know, the last few weeks And you know, all this, talk about things I don't like to waste any of my precious time On the show going on about it Because it's quite a bit boring uh, Just about, you know What day was yesterday? What day was yesterday going to be?
0: Sorry? Is that a trick question? Yeah, the,
11: yeah. No, Sunday. no wait, uh, it, was, uh, it was meant to be the end of the season,
0: wasn't it? Uh, no, not quite Scottish Cup final would have been this weekend Aye, coming next, uh, Scottish, uh, Scottish Cup final is next week And um, then I think we had a round of fixtures after it, Alec They changed it this year, I think Because of Hamden's involvement in the Euros Oh,
11: right, right, right uh, Oh, no, they'll obviously have resistance. Lower <laughs> leagues, no, in fact,
0: tell that No, you might be right Because I think the lower leagues were due to end That Maybe that's what you're thinking of yeah,
11: uh, oh, But usually in a The Scottish Cup's the last fixture. Yeah, you're right, just not this season yet. uh, No, I was was just thinking about, you know, we know that football isn't going to resume, you know, there's a lot more important things going on. But just as a Celic supporter, you know, and and this is a show about football, and, you know, we all know what's happening all around the world. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, as the season was going on, I was looking forward to and I was getting excited to witness history, you know, going to Celtic Park and, you know, we've we've come back after the winter flipping and we've really ticked on and, you know, that's going to be took away now. Uh, you know, I know Celtic will get nine. I don't care if it's an Asterix or whatever. I would rather have seen it on the park. But in years to come, when I'm going to be sitting with my with my grandway or whatever, you know, I'm going to need to change the story. I would have loved to have seen, I ah, your granddad was sitting there in the last game of the season, and, you know, I witnessed nine. But, you know, that's been took away. You know, you can't celebrate something. You know, even the they we get back, with crowds next season You can't claw that Nine in a row back And have a Have a celebration You know Football is like A week to week basis You know You get the build up You get the excitement And you know It's just Just a, just a point to myself You know, I just Yeah I mean in
0: fairness, in fairness to you Alec you, you do mention that You know There's a bigger picture here There, there are more important things Than that And that, that doesn't mean He's wrong Hugh Because uh, you know We're all missing out on things And no one can really Swoop in and tell you what, what you should and shouldn't miss So Alec is right But he acknowledges as well there's a big picture here And we just have to suck that side of it up Unfortunately
1: Exactly, I mean You know, I, I do understand About wanting to tell his grandchildren this, that and the other But 1500 people are dead in Scotland So I'm afraid you'll just have to wait Until uh, you know, Football comes back and Celtic uh, Perhaps add to their Success Uh I think football has to realize that life is more important than money and uh, and the, the resumption of football uh, you know that we have to acknowledge I think be honest and acknowledge that football the the remainder of this season cannot be played it simply cannot be played for logistical reasons because of a global catastrophe and when Joe Fitzpatrick meets the clubs tomorrow the Minister for Sport uh, will update them, but I cannot see it being anything other than, look lads, you'll need to prepare yourself. It's just not possible.
0: Alex, in the studio, I wonder if we're at the stage we're now detecting a bit more of a, an acceptance that it's over. Um, yeah. Most people, or a lot of people, have thought that for a while. But um, you know, Aberdeen, for instance, they wanted to put together that feasibility study and really try. And by the way, that's that's admirable. You should you should try everything, and and we should be as innovative as we can to to get the best possible outcome. I think Aberdeen, along with Hibbs, you know, sort of led a meeting of the Premiership yeah. clubs, a, a virtual meeting, towards the tail end of last week. Um, Dave Cormack's been speaking to Red TV. Today um, And basically accepting That that it does look finished is there, is there any way back From that now?
2: No, for me Gordon I think the more and more uh, Evidence That you're hearing You know The longer it goes on uh, Time is going to catch up with us I, I know the June the 10th Has been mentioned But I just don't see it I think Nicola Sturgeon has, has already said That the likelihood is That the lockdown Will be extended as well So you have to look after People's safety I think Hugh's right In that respect You know the amount of preparation that goes on behind the scenes to try and get that game on, going, and then trying to get uh, medical uh, facilities as well, ambulances, doctors and things, I don't think it's feasible. I
1: realise there'll I, I be uh, financial cost, yeah. and, uh, and I do realise the perilous juncture we have arrived at in Scottish football. Uh, and that clubs are under real threat. Their existence is under real threat. But, as I say, this is a global catastrophe and it's not going away and until such times as there is a vaccine which will uh allow us a, a road out of this terrible thing uh we should be respectful of what's going on i mean i think what's happening down south in england is laughable talking about taking teams uh, an entire league of teams to australia well, they're not admitting anyone into the country at the moment; they're laughable, and I know why they're doing it because they they will all broadcast seven hundred and fifty million pounds. But, as I say, life is more important than money, yeah,
0: like everything, I feel like there's probably a a balance that has to be struck, mm-hmm. Hugh, because we should not just roll over and say that's it. you know there's nothing we can do. We should try our very best to be as innovative as possible, be as creative as possible um to to come up with a solution. That helps everyone But obviously Nothing that that comes anywhere close to To threatening people's health And all the rest of it However that's only one part of the debate Because that all centres around Can you get games played Can you get them played behind closed doors Even if we could And that remains a big if That doesn't address the, the issue Which is that our clubs need fans our clubs probably can't afford to play games behind closed doors so you've got a massive obstacle to overcome to even get a game behind closed doors in the first place and it might not even be beneficial or or relevant to us
1: well the minute they go behind closed doors whenever that is uh then the those who have players on the the government's job retention scheme uh that ends because you've gone back to work Therefore, they have to play games behind closed doors, no income with players who are then back on full wages that have to be paid by the club. So every which way we turn, problems.
2: Yeah, without a doubt. I think that's one of the key problems, as Hugh says, getting people back to work obviously costs money. Getting back to the season ticket, issue Gordon. I think fans have, a you know, if they can afford to, you know, I think a lot of them would be trying to support. And I know that I've taken on board that it's difficult times for... You, you don't know, even know like what you're watch. buying. Absolutely gone But I think When you look at Some of the numbers That some of the clubs Have been posting Recently Hibs Aberdeen Mm -hmm. You know I think Rangers and Celtic Will be following suit as well Because They need cash Coming through the doors And that is just to keep them Going in the the Short term
0: Uh, Thank you very much That was Alec On the line 01419511025 Pat is next up He's in Govanhill Hi Pat Hello How's it going you're all Keeping well Yep good thank you What's your point tonight Apart from your show... Well, this is not my point. Apart from
4: your show and the repeats of BBC Scotland football, almost, thank goodness. We're
0: well, trying our best, Pat, trying oh, our best.
4: Yeah. Don't ever finish to the season start. <laughs> anyway, my point is, listen to Hugh. I listen to him any I way back to James Anderson. Hugh was spot on Friday night. It gives you more time to think and when you're sitting in the house, no grandchildren. So I was thinking, there is no way will it be... be Behind closed doors football. I'm sure the part and grey me. One, the police and the NHS are run off their feet. Now, it's a minority in Glasgow, we know Glasgow. Behind closed doors, no pubs. There's children, women, and men locked in houses. And I guarantee there'd be, be 10, 12 people at least in the house watching that Old farm game. And what would happen? Police the doors, NHS, accident emergency? No chance. The, police, the head of the police right away would say, forget it. I'm sure the panel will agree with me.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, Hugh. There would be various challenges around that, and we can probably only scratch the surface of them. But but at least tomorrow, the football authorities will meet with the, the government, essentially, to try and talk about things like this. I can't say for sure that that specific issue will be on the agenda, but but that's where it's going to require some joined-up thinking.
1: I think the the point that Pat makes is a point that will be made by Joe Fitzpatrick tomorrow when he speaks on behalf of the government to the SFA and the SPFL, uh, that gatherings of people cannot be permitted uh, in case we trigger a second spike uh, of this virus. Uh, For medical reasons, purely and simply for medical reasons, football can't come back right now. Uh, that may frustrate the life out of people, but that's just the way it is. It can't come back. When you have John McLean, the uh, SFA doctor, uh, telling you that he does not anticipate anything being possible until September or October, then I think we should listen to that medical man and uh, I think we should be drawing up plans now uh, to conclude this season in whichever way the clubs want to do it or the SPFL board want to do it, and then get on with the business of deciding how we can start a, a, a new season sometime later in the year. But the remainder of this season, for purely medical reasons, is not possible.
0: I mean, Alex, that issue of, of closed-doors games, back to the finances that we were talking about, I used to quite uh, like it, if that's the right phrase. I, I used to I used to think it, you know we still had a bit of our soul intact here because our clubs relied... Above all the other leagues, on people coming through the gate, and you know that's kind of the way it used to be, or the way yeah. the way it should be in some people's eyes. I remember reading something a couple of years ago. I think nineteen out of the twenty, and forgive me if I'm wrong, nineteen out of the twenty clubs in the English Premier League would have still made a profit, even if not a single fan came through that's the crazy. gate. And you think oh, that's, you know, I feel sort of, I feel like I say that we had a. We were a bit more old school in that respect We might be limited commercially But but that was a good thing The problem is It doesn't quite stand up to a global pandemic yeah. Like many things
2: Yeah I think I read At the start of all this Gordon That the, the fans equate to 43% of clubs Turnovers You know a, Across the board
0: And that's the biggest in Europe I think isn't it Yeah
2: absolutely And uh, when you talk about Per capita as well In terms of Supporters going to the games, Scotland's right up there And uh, Unfortunately That's been taken away So it's interesting because we're obviously talking about John McLean there around about September, October before we can maybe get back, and the revenue going forward for these clubs is going to be really brutal uh, in the, in the near future. So they have to come up with some sort of plan, and I think that's when the fans really come in. But they have, as you say, you have to be thinking outside the box. How are fans going to be able to mm-hmm. watch that in safety, uh, so that they can, uh, you know, at least get some money to these clubs going? Because if we don't. Uh, well listen Hopefully the, the government May well supplement some of this Because if we don't We're going to lose a lot of teams
0: Yeah that's 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 the other thing Hugh And this is what I said About trying Still trying Even if people think It's unlikely There has to be some sort of Room for creative solutions here Because yeah. we, Clubs could disappear Players could You know players could be Unemployed from now until Whenever So We can't just Stop trying to find A, a, a solution
1: no, uh, and I'm afraid it would be the the, the old conventional solutions. Well, clubs are now relying on the job retention scheme that the government put together. I think the uh, government having bailed out rugby league down south, then football here will say, well, if you can do it for them, we need to, uh, uh, some money because clubs are going to go to the wall. So I, I think that will be one of the things under consideration. Simply go to the government and ask for a loan.
0: Thank you very much to Pat and Gavin Hill Good to speak to you Pat What about this teaser tonight? You're looking for 8 players since 1990 That have made 10 or more appearances for Scotland as captain So they have to have worn the armband on 10 or more uh, appearances Paul Lambert is one Darren Fletcher is another Did I say No, since 1990 So you're probably a bit late on that one yeah. A bit early, sorry uh,
2: Since 1990
0: Colin Henry Yes, Colin Henry, twenty-two times.
2: That that did say Barry Ferguson, didn't
0: it? Yeah, he's you he didn't, but you should. All right, Barry. Yeah, he's on there. You'll take one more guess. No, you won't. Okay, <laughs> four down, four to go. We're halfway there. We'll get them next.
1: Super scoreboard
6: with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Experienced players who know how to win. Talk to Thompsons.com.
0: On the home stretch and tonight's Clyde 1 Super Scoreboard On the teaser We're looking for 8 players Since 1990 10 or more caps As captain For Scotland So thanks to Graham Barry For sending in Colin Henry Paul Lambert Barry Ferguson Darren Fletcher That's what you've got so far Connor Marshall has been in touch He's got one of the Easy ones you've not got yet
1: Scott Brown
0: Yeah Scott Brown 25 caps As captain Hugh Evans. Uh, it again Since 1990. How many times has Danny McGrain captained Scotland since 1990?
11: Gary
0: McAllister, though? Yes, Gary McAllister. That's just a six, Yug. Right, we'll leave it there. Two to get. I've got confidence in you. It's not a classic performance by any means, but I think you'll get over the line. Only two to get uh, between now and the end of the show. The phone lines were red hot earlier when we were asking you uh, for your favourite final day dramas across Scottish football. We thought we'd talk about some of the the here and now stuff But I must admit The phones are just going crazy For the final day drama So let's speak to Alistair In Corker Hill What have you got for us? What's, what sticks out When we ask that question Alistair?
10: Uh, good evening Gordon, Hugh and Alex Hi Alistair Hi uh, uh, The 1991
0: game The Rangers
10: Nabardina-Iros And Aberdeen at Iverson. Gordon Could have put a rider in For junior football as well If you don't mind Go for it uh, I was my team Benbird Who'll ever won the Glasgow League once for will ever won the Central League once, it was when we beat Johnson Borough down at Keeney Park in 1990. Eh, sorry, 2000, and my 100th anniversary year. That really put the lid on us. But get back to the rangers Aberdeen game. Everything was happening now, the Rangers looked as if they lost it the week before when Motherwell tanked them 3 nothing, and we had to win at Ibrooks And it was tight at half-time when Mark Walters swung over a hung Dingler cross that haitly converted. Then the second half haitly looked a wee bit offside in the run Michael White dropped the ball and he followed the ball in And after. just came down as if they were going to collapse that day The atmosphere was tremendous And it still sticks out in my mind from that day
2: Yeah, what a run Aberdeen were on as well uh, Alistair. I they were
10: doing well, Alec They really were doing well and Rangers nearly blew it
2: I think I think prior to that they had uh, 10 wins and a draw in the previous Eleven uh, living game So I think they were flying And uh, Aye, they- But you have to say You know The header Was poof, was a bullet It oh. was typical Mark Hatley, But The second Aye. one he-, he did look as if he was Slightly offside But you have uh,
0: Michael Watt My old uh, Under 21 goalkeeper <laughs> Oh he's dollied it right back out to me Looking back at that thing Oh dear I mean Hugh I'm glad Alistair's brought that one up Because the other ones we've mentioned tonight Have Involved You know Two different games going on If you like To, to try and settle the title But this is this is a title decider between those two teams on, on, on the same pitch if that makes sense And they go into level on points And level on goal difference So it's, it's not exactly surprising That that one should stick out in the memory
1: I think um, Alex Smith was the Aberdeen manager that day And I think he travelled to Ibrox, uh Very confident that his team had the capability To win the title um, but Michael Watt Alec mentioned him I, I think that game just about finished him at Aberdeen um, Mark Hately set the tone you know that the the first goal set the tone get the ball get the goalkeeper get everything and Mark Hately by his display that day uh, just showed that Rangers were not going to come off that part anything other than the champions uh, and I think the, the goalkeeper to be perfectly honest he fell apart
2: Hugh, Hugh, sorry, sorry. Just, I was just about to say there uh, before we go back to Alistair do you know, the, I was watching the highlights of that the other day Hugh, and the one player I used to look up in Gordon, knows, it seemed I really enjoy watching good midfielders, Jim Bett, how good a footballer was he?
1: And of course he you know uh, he, he was a great player for Aberdeen as well as Rangers Yes,
2: yeah, so he played
1: for uh, Aberdeen that day Hugh, he was yeah, tremendous Yeah, um, but Again, it comes down to on that day, do you have it to get across the line? You know, Celtic didn't have it to get across the line at Motherwell. Uh, The Rangers didn't have it to get across the line against Celtic uh, when Billy McNeil won the title, and so on and so forth. But that day for me, Mark Haitley epitomised what was going on. He was imperious and he wasn't going to have it any other Mm -hmm. way. Uh, And by his display, terrorised Aberdeen.
0: Final word to you, Alistair?
1: That was the day that Haley, I mean partly
10: same became of age at Ibrooks, but it was his first full season, and he, earlier he was actually irritating the Rangers supporters, so I think that game definitely won him over for us, the support, and uh, what do you call it, I think if the game was in Petoddy, but Aberdeen would have fell out, but at the end of the day, Rangers ended up with John Brown and cr- crutches, and Tom Cowan and crutches as well, it was like one flew over the Cuckoo's nest, that day, <laughs>
0: Good man, that was Alistair in Corker Hill Thanks for sharing those memories Let's get one more actually Let's squeeze in Tom uh, Who's in Paisley Hi Tom
12: Hi Gordon I like to you
0: How's it going, Are you okay?
12: Well sort of, uh, just to let you know Gordon I'd, I'd like to bring back uh, Memories of it at Motherwell again
0: Oh no, so what,
12: what have you got? I uh, uh, I can't remember what year it was We beat Motherwell 3-2 It was a uh, save relegation
0: Ah, yeah, I remember that. Um, what year would we be talking there? 2018, um, no. No, I think
12: a wee bit before. All right, that I'm,
0: maybe, I'm maybe thinking of another one. Right, so tell me more about it. So, Sumerran beat Motherwell. Is it at Fir Park?
12: It was at Fir Park. We were down 1-0. Ross McCormick scored. Then Andy Millen gave a penalty away against uh, Motherwell. Ross McCormick scored with a penalty. made it 2-0. The... Uh, Mark Corklin, Corsa, Corsa, mm-hmm. a ball across John Sutton, header that the world Player and
0: Colin Meldrum let it through his legs. There we go. So that's so that's down at the bottom, Tom. And I've been asking for this all night. These are the results which which no, it's keep. Not a dig at you, God. It's just. No, no Tom, don't, don't be daft. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> been through enough of them. Uh, but Tom, yeah, these are different, aren't they? Because it doesn't come with the glory um, of obviously, you know, like a title win or a cup win, but. Think of the importance of staying up, Tom You know, without putting too fine a point on it It can save jobs And it can it can have such an important impact on a club So you must look back on, on days like that Almost as fondly as as the, the really successful times If that makes sense
12: At the end of the day, Gordon, you made a good point People's got livelihoods With no not disrespect to Alec being that excellent manager there Everybody's got uh, professions They've got livelihoods They've got food to put to the table I've got wages to pay I've got bills to pay I've got that to But people don't realise Football Is not a sport anymore It's a business
0: It's a business now Gordon Yeah Hugh That's why See when we're talking about Final day dramas We've not really got round to actually The introduction of our playoffs Or the reintroduction yeah. of the playoffs and, and and the difference that That, that can make You I remember the first year That they came back um, You know Being in America And trying to keep up With the penalty shootout Between Hamilton Ackies and Hibs Ackies came up And I've, I've never looked back you and I were at Fir Park on that dramatic day um, Between Motherwell and Rangers You've got Livingston who made use of it And now look very much at home um, So so they've really brought about real last day drama Hugh
1: I remember the Ackies losing 2-0 at home mm-hmm. to Hibs in the playoffs And when the second leg was played uh, Lady Keevans and I had gone to the baronial pile in Anstruther. Uh, and we'd gone out walking, come back, and I switched on the television, and it was the news, and I saw the Hamilton Ackies players running around, embracing each other, and uh, uh, Alec Neal on the park, uh, the manager, going off his head as well, and I thought, is this old footage? What is this? And then I realised that the Ackies had relegated Hibs at Easter Road, come back from the dead, two down, at home in the first leg, and I thought, Wow What a story this is
2: Yeah I watched and That's the Sorry Hugh I was just going to say I watched that In, in Hong Kong It was about 3 o'clock in the morning And you're absolutely <laughs> right You know in the drama I think the playoffs Have been an absolute godsend. It's exciting and, and Tom's talking about some in there You know Them against Dundee United Just last summer mm-hmm. So you know The importance of them They were actually celebrating As if you know, the, the you know because he's right. As livelihoods, uh, the supporters want to be at the top table to see all the big teams as well. Yeah,
0: because I've never, I've never really bought that argument here. You know, when the when the winning team of the playoffs and I, and and. I do get why it jars with some people, you know, they get they sit behind the board and it says playoff winners and people say, oh for goodness sake, you know, that's sort of, cele- it's, it's been a failure of a season pretty much, you know, why are you celebrating it? But once you get yourself in that situation, that feels like a cup win and it makes a massive difference to those clubs because it could be disastrous consequences if it goes the other way.
1: Without doubt. I mean, I wouldn't care if it said jammy playoff winners. Uh, that, that that would be fine. It's a victory of sorts. It's a victory in isolation. You survived. You did it. Uh, so for me, this country is bonkers and I can't wait until we're bonkers again and we have all these days to look forward to Some point in the future
0: Yeah thank you very much To Thomas St Mirren fan I looked it up Because I wanted I wanted the specific date And I do remember it May 2007 St Mirren Going to Fir Park Winning 3-2 Billy Mehmet John Sutton get 2 There we go And they stay up So those ones uh, They stick in your mind as well Um, Have we got time for much else? Not really I don't think we do I think we're out of time So let's recap tonight's teaser Thanks again to Graham Barry For sending it in Uh, He says Can you name 8 players Since 1990 That have 10 or more caps As captain For Scotland So you're doing okay You've got Gary McAllister You've got Colin Henry You've got Paul Lambert Barry Ferguson And then A bit more recently Darren Fletcher And Scott Brown You've got two to get
2: Uh, Calderwood? No Mm.
0: I'm struggling going on Hugh Evans Mm. Davey Weir no, but right, I'm going to make a really um, bold suggestion. Why don't you start with the guy that's the captain at the moment? Come on, Hugh. We we went to see him as well recently, didn't we? You can't remember who the Scotland cap. What what has happened to you? Lockdown has eventually um, tipped you to over we'll the edge. To think who is. Uh... You're joking. Come on. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is no way. This is an all-time low. Who is the Scotland captain? Any? No uh, Robertson Yes Oh my goodness no, there. That's 7 out of 8 I've got you
1: <sighs> Standard I get
0: Standard <laughs> tonight It's brutal Right one more And it's a lot harder Than Andy Robertson This one I must say We're, we're, we're going back to the right, th- so Mid 90s uh, what Yeah. Well do you know what He actually had a, a Decent career that spanned Kind of late 90s To late 2000s Um, He played for Rangers At one point He played for Dundee United He played down south
2: So He played for Rangers
0: He had curly hair (laughs) How's that for a clue? Oh uh, Chris Daly Christian Daly Christian Daly yeah Look at that Alex does it. You do all the hard work. You got the other seven, and he just sweeps in at the last minute. It doesn't matter. Yeah. A team ah. Good team effort. You, you take care. We'll catch up with you on Friday. Thank you to Alex Ray, but as always, thanks to you for your calls and tweets. So busy on the phones tonight. Genuinely, one of the busiest nights we've had in a long time. Uh, talking about your memorable last day dramas. We're back tomorrow. Gordon Dale and Roger Hannah. And in the meantime, Callum Gallagher is up next.
9: A full-time teaser with scottishsun.co.uk get all the latest football news and opinion
3: super scoreboard
6: with thompson's
1: personal injury solicitors helping you return to action talk to thompson's.com